0: I'm Noah Farley, and I'm here today with Sam Nielsen, who's giving this week's BYU-Idaho devotional. Thank you for coming in today. You're welcome. And so we're going to be talking about your devotional, and we're going to be talking about you in general. So, your bio says that you served your mission in Italy.
1: What was that like? Uh, I quite enjoyed being in Italy. I um, spent most of my time in the southern mission in Cantania, and I enjoyed working with the people. Seeing new country was always a good thing, but it was interesting talking to people, interacting with them on the street, uh, trying to see what they're like, and, and trying to teach them the gospel. Uh, always a good thing in my, in my book.
0: Yeah, what was the uh, work like?
1: Did you have much, much success there? Or um, as you can imagine, working as somebody told me once in the in the back door of the Pope. Uh, office, you know, area. It was <laughs> it, it was heavily Roman Catholic, but uh it was enough success that you could talk with people, you could teach people, um and so it wasn't, you know, that discouraging in that kind of a circumstance, but it uh it it kept us busy. Yeah. It kept us very busy talking with people.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it was good like how most of them had some sort of religious
1: background then, right? Oh yes, um, a lot of them had very big doctrinal uh, understanding of things. Sometimes way more than we did for particularly the Bible, which is what they studied. Hmm. Uh, a lot of other people were simply Catholic in name, which is uh, fairly common, I understand. But but either way, it was it was interesting to talk to people and see how they react to things and how they think and understand the world going on around them uh, with or without the spirit because a lot of them did have a spirit of some in some form so yeah and kind of like an off-topic question but italy um i've
0: heard from a lot of people including some of my humanities professors that they uh, are really
1: passionate when they talk and move their arms a lot when they talk is that true that is true in fact in some cases they can talk entirely with their hands without even opening their mouth I remember one particular instance where I watched two older gentlemen that were standing on opposite sides of the street from each other, very busy street, lots of cars going in between. They just sit there and had a conversation primarily with (laughs) gesticulating with their hands. And I sat there for quite a while trying to see if I could pick out any of it. And there were a few things I could kind of guess at, but (laughs) most of it, it was beyond me. (laughs) Man,
0: it's like they've got their code. Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I've heard from...
0: uh... One of my professors, he said that if you kidnap an Italian person, you don't need to gag them. You just need to tie their hands down because (laughs) they will not talk if they can't move their arms.
1: Uh, Well, Italy's not the only place that has that kind of circumstance, but yes, that's that's probably (laughs) a a good story.
0: And I I also read that you studied mechanical engineering, English, and library science. What exactly is library
1: science? Um, Library science is basically working learning how to work and run a, a library. So it's a library does check out books and, and, and buy books, buying books and how to buy them, uh, or more specifically how you craft a collection of books that would be useful in a particular circumstance. So our collection of books here is more geared specifically for uh, typically a younger college audience. We don't really work with graduate students uh, if we did have graduate students here, the library would have to be substantially different than it currently is. Mm-hmm. And so library science is the actual running and working in, an opera, in a uh, library situation, but we also talk a lot about information science. How does the information live? How do we use the information? How can we best teach how to use uh, information? Things like that. So it's kind of its field on its own. It's Probably a little lesser one as far as society views it, but it, nevertheless, I think it's a fairly important one because we we need to understand how that w- information works in our lives at some point. Yeah, you know, we're all searching the internet, we're all searching, you know, Facebook and social media, and where and how does that information play a role appropriately in our lives? And that's the kind of things we talk about a lot of times. Okay, interesting.
0: I get it. Yeah, I mean when I read library science, I immediately just thought of the Dewey Decimal
1: System. That was the yes. Yeah, <laughs> pardon my ignorance, but yeah. <laughs> and, and Dewey Decimal is one one way, and the uh, the typical one that we use here is the Library of Congress system, which is a uh, geared for a little larger, uh, more academic uh, situation, um, and the. Public Library downtown uses the Dewey Decimal primarily as theirs, which works better for the kind of collection, uh, collections and collecting that they do for, their, for the people, patrons coming in to use the library.
0: Gotcha. Cool. And uh, you work with the Grandin Press and the library here on campus. Can you tell us about that?
1: Um, yes. We, we decided a few years ago that we wanted something that was um, a hands-on demonstration, we, we have our special collections there where we have original materials that people can come and see, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's its own kind of experience to see an actual Bible from the 1200s, for example. Uh, you can read about it. You can watch a video about it, but have it there where you potentially can feel it or smell it or turn a page. That's a different experience, and so we wanted the similar kind of thing with the printing press, and so we... We worked on getting that set up and how to work with it. Um, It's a lot of fun from my viewpoint. I I can talk with students. We can work on a project or two. We have open press days where people can walk in and print the project that we have on the bed. Um, Do a little typesetting. All of that so you can can hear, you can feel, you can smell the ink. You know, you can touch the paper. You can do some typesetting. And it, it gives you a different feel for how life was or how information, I mean, we talked about information science and library science, but how information was created and propagated back in that time period.
0: Mm-hmm. And speaking of, um, you know, printing everything, that's what you majorly talk about in your uh, devotional address.
1: Yeah, um I hope uh, people will get a sense of how the Book of Mormon was actually produced. We talk about in in a lot of our church history classes and Sunday school classes and things like that about the doctrine of the gospel, which is a very important thing, and that's the whole purpose for it. But this little piece of how the actual first edition was produced has been of interest to me because I've been interested in the printing anyway, Mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully there are some some concepts, some some stories perhaps that about the production of the first edition that people may not have heard before. And I hope they get a sense of the scale or the work that went into it uh, in, in its time period. Yeah, I really liked reading your talk. It reminded me of that one talk.
0: I can't remember who gave it, but it was like the timeline of the apostasy. And um, I listened to that so many times on my mission. And so I really enjoyed reading your talk here because it was so it was so profoundly educational, spiritual at the same time. So I loved how you weaved in everything like that.
1: I I think the spirit has a lot to do with everything we do, whether or not we mention it, whether or not we even recognize it a lot of times. I think it really does affect how we do things and how we think about things and how we see things. And I like the idea that it can work on us as long as we're prepared, it can still work on us regardless of what we're doing, whether or not we even know it. But it is also nice to recognize uh, instances where it is working on our lives as well because that honestly is where we learn better. Um, It kind of pulls us away from the fact that we're we're on the front line of our own lives, so to speak. And the Spirit oftentimes can kind of pull us back and let us see more correctly what's really happening in certain instances. And I, I, I like that ability that the Spirit gives us if we're prepared to receive it. So, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, can you tell us about the process that you went through
1: as you prepared for your devotional address? Um, well, with any kind of talk, I think I start with panic first. <laughs> <laughs> Same, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm typically more a person that likes to be kind of behind the scenes, and so uh, this is not one of those instances. (laughs) You know, it's just me on stage, and I so that right off the bat kind of puts me off a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, I've had a lot of instances, a lot of occasions, driving in different places where I would tend to listen to uh, KBYI um, mostly for the talks at this point, and so I would hear a lot of other devotionals and and try to see it from the viewpoint of that's something I'm going to do and what do I need to do and what's my responsibility for that. Um, but it also gave me the opportunity to feel the Spirit again and again and again when hearing those talks and and I've been very grateful for that and I hope that's something that also comes out where people can feel uh, the Spirit through the things that I talk about as well. Um, it is. A little bit of an interesting process, though, because it's uh, it's working with campus to get it to come to to the the final stage where you actually present the talk. It's a little different than I expected. It's a little more involved, working with a lot of different people, which have also has also been an interesting situation, and I've enjoyed that as well. So, yeah, the prep behind it, it's fun and see to see and do, but uh, when you stand actually at the the pulpit to give the talk. It is a little different, so yeah, we'll see how that happens.
0: Have you gotten to, uh, like, practice in the building in,
1: with the teleprompter yet? Uh, that will happen a little later on today, probably.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: Uh, speaking in sacrament meeting, you know, you're in front of two or three hundred people. Speaking in devotional, um, you know, it's the entire student body potentially, plus any online presences uh, that are watching as well. So it's a yeah, a little, a little different scenario, but it, on the surface it really isn't that much different than the sacrament talk in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is typically a little longer than most sacrament talks.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a bit more bigger of a production. Yes,
1: it is a little bigger production. That's right. And you'll have like musical performances before you speak, right? Yes. Yes. And uh, in fact, uh, my daughter, who is in the conducting class on campus this semester— um, each of them take their turn, as I understand it, to conduct during devotional for the congregational music. And so she signed up and uh, will be conducting during the d- devotional I have. So it, that's oh, kind of a nice thing as well.
0: That's awesome. I love that.
1: It is, I think it will be a good experience for her, and she has good capability, I think. So uh, it will be interesting and fun to see. Very
0: really cool. And, yeah, when um, it's actually broadcast, I'll be watching it then too. Like, oh, yeah,
1: I know how well that person's related to this guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun and uh, to have family around with anything that we're called to do, so yes.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you hope that listeners take away from your talk?
1: Um, I hope they get a better sense of the conditions uh, around uh, the Book of Mormon. I'm, we typically talk about a lot of it, like I said, in in Sunday school and other circumstances, and you see a lot of the uh, church movies, videos about it. But a lot of them, um, and as with most things, they're kind of a typical view or somebody's expectation of what the view would look like. And of course, this is kind of my view of what the circumstances were like. But there are uh, details and things documented a lot of what I'm going to be talking about. So I hope people get a sense of the culture and the situation surrounding the publication of the Book of Mormon and what went on at that time period.
0: Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we finish?
1: Uh, No, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. It was great talking with you. Thank you for coming in.
1: You're welcome.